2: <laughs>
3: I mean, we could do a whole podcast of that, which, you know, if by special request, maybe we will as a Christmas single. But for now, welcome to the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford joined by Ewan Patterson. Ooh. Hello. Hello. And <laughs> Josh Brown. Hiya. Be-ba-ba. And we <laughs> thought we would just break down all the sorts of things about Jedi Fallen Order because uh, we've all finished it and it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, so we've kind of wrote down a bunch of different talking points in general. You know how these things go. It's a spoiler cast. Um, so we'll open with the biggest thing, at least as far as I think it's the biggest thing that most people don't know and that is Darth Vader himself is in this game. What? I know. And um, Where did you guys come down on that? I uh, really liked his placement. I like what, what they do with him after that. Yeah, well.
4: yeah. It was interesting I I feel as though I brought it up to you a few months before Mm. release that I thought maybe the game would end with Darth Vader coming out of nowhere and just killing you. I thought they Mm. could do that. I thought, you know, there's an element of inevitability to a story about a Jedi set in between episodes three and four, even though there are surviving Jedi during the original trilogy. You think that the whole premise of the game is to restart the Jedi order. And obviously that fails. So I thought in the end, you can't have a Jedi rolling around with the rebellion by the time Luke Skywalker is around. Mm. So you might have to cut that loose end. And Thankfully, I thought the way they did it was expertly handled. I mean, Darth Vader as a terrifying figure in the vein of Rogue One is just on absolutely Rogue incredible One. because it recaptures the terror we all had as, as children mm. of Darth Vader in the original trilogy. When he came in and just strangled that rebel in episode four, we were all scared. I was for, <laughs> for definite. And mm-hmm. I thought they really captured that horror perfectly, the idea that you had to run. That bit when you're in the elevator and you're just pressing it over and over again to try to get out, and I thought it was great as well. And uh, I will have to say that for a brief moment, I, I literally... Uh, I. Everyone can attest to this when I played the game and then BD hops on Darth to shock him. I, I screamed because I thought that Darth was gonna kill BD. I was like, No,
0: BD! And then and like
3: actually got off. Yeah. I told you that bit when um because yeah, like the uh, that whole sequence I think is like is brilliant. It's one of the reasons that I think it ends extremely strongly. But that bit, uh, you know, you're running down the big corridor, over it comes out of the uh, the door in front of you, and like you said, BD jumps on him. I missed the D-pad prompt and I screamed as well, but because I myself go, no, Like I kind of, like <laughs> grab it the, the controller off the floor and like hammer the D-pad. Turns out it just waits for you. It's Mm -hmm. all right. Um, They didn't go to whole BD death
4: sequence. They do? Do they? A, if you run, if you don't run away, Darth Vader kills you in gruesome ways. And if you wait too long, he crushes BD in that bit and impales Cal.
3: Oh, I must have, I must have just got that. Tailford. You Go almost risked losing I d- BD. But that thing is in that moment that got me even more into the moment in mm. terms of like, yeah, I just saved him. And my favorite moment in the whole game is the bit when Cia. Like, well, that whole sequence when Sia C- sort of becomes a Jedi again mm-hmm. and she makes the save. Um, just I just, I love like hero save moments anyway, full on Han Solo style. And I love that she flips into the scene and then just like f- fends off. That Vader bit where he, he
4: he tosses her like nothing though <laughs> yeah. I was like. Ah! <laughs> like, <no>. I know.
3: <laughs> I think it's because they do a great job of like, 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 like you said, like reminding you of how powerful Vader can be, and obviously in recent memory we have Rogue One to pull from. It was very much playing that sequence of being one of those people just running away from him as he's this infinitely powerful dude. Um, Josh, what do you think of the whole thing?
2: Uh, it was awesome. I want it on record, right? That yeah. Scott Tilford accidentally spoiled this for me. I did the other day. I got Brrr, a little message. First time in my
0: life I've done this. What
2: about that Vader part? Hey? And I was like, like the meme of the guy blinking, thinking, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what Vader part, Scott? Half an hour later, I got to it, but it didn't dull the impact. Because obviously my mind was racing when you mentioned this, Mm. and I thought the same thing as you, and I thought, this story is a bit suspect. Something's going to have to happen to cut ties with this, you know, pursuit of rebuilding the Jedi Order. And Mm -hmm. I thought, maybe it could be a cool Rogue One moment if Vader did turn up and just absolutely kill everyone. I'm pleased they didn't do that though, because I think they managed to have their cake and eat it too. They got to finish that story in a sort of satisfying way that made sense, but because it was on Cal's terms that gave that character more agency and a more satisfying arc, Mm. but then he still managed to nail the, you know, intensity of Vader. Him coming after you and you not being able to fight back, I thought that was awesome. Mm -hmm. When it first throws you... Back into control of Cal, and you sort of expect a kind of boss fight, or at least I did. Yeah. I was a bit, bit sighing because I didn't really want to fight Vader because right. like, there's only one way that can turn out. But I thought, with, like by making him essentially sort of you know like a slasher villain, mm. I thought that was really interesting, you know, take on the character. Mm-hmm. and I like. Vader in Star Wars games. I love the first mission in The Force Unleashed where you get to be him as this slow, wrecking presence, <laughs> and then him as sort of like this all powerful monster movie, essentially. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a great way. That to seems
3: to be one of the ways that they're going to... with him. and Obviously, like playing off Rogue One, it's the same kind of like setup for that character. And that gave me, because I thought Cal was a bit of a mixed bag. I thought he totally was like serviceable for what they wanted him to be. And one of my favorite Cal moments was the bit where Vader just says, like, I recommend you flee, or something like that. And then Cal just sort of like ignites the saber and says, Yeah, probably. Mm. But he just keeps what wants to fight. Him. Anyway, I love how much it's just that you know embodying the heroic. It's weird to me because I was I was kind of going to
4: and throw through Cal for most of the game. Mm -hmm. I thought. On one hand, you know, on the surface, he is just, another stale pale Jedi with the blue lightsaber in between episodes three and four. (laughs) That's not necessarily anything unique, and given that the game takes so much from A New Hope, as we already know, Mm. it was, it it could have been a little bit iffy, but I thought Respawn did it very well. Not that I think that the game absolutely had to have Cameron Monaghan be this Jedi. I think he does well in the role, Mm -hmm. but they could have done any character, and they could have done, because the most interesting thing about Cal is the PTSD element, and um, the way they really have order 66 actually you know there's very we've seen a lot in media these days where you take a very literalist approach to stuff that's happened in the cinema or like an event in a fictional narrative mm-hmm. and then they take that and say well no wait a second let's pause for a second and kind of process what that event would be like to live through if you were actually a Jedi during the Purge. and mm-hmm. What would it be like to lose your master? What would it be like to be on the run and be a fugitive your entire life? And I thought they nailed that very, very well. I thought Cal was great. And I think the thing that really hammers it home to me is that in the little moments he has with BD1, they're back and forth. They've both lost something. BD with mm-hmm. obviously his memories in, in Eno Cordova mm-hmm. and then Cal with his entire life beforehand. And the way those two bond Really anchored the story well for me. I thought, yeah. despite the fact that it kind of does get middling in certain places, I thought those two as a duo were great, and then Sia obviously came into her own towards the end. I would have mm-hmm. liked to have seen a little bit more
3: grease, um, but I apart from that, yeah, the, yeah. Because considering how immaculate the cutscenes are put together and the acting, and like there is a lot of emotion in the, in the back third, like in those back sort of cutscenes, um, I loved that stuff. And when it all started coming back together, I was like, okay, you have you have nailed the landing. Even though, like like you just mentioned, I think that there's a whole bit in the middle where it's really it just doesn't necessarily know what it wants to be. Like mm-hmm. it kind of wants to be an open Open-ended Metroidvania. And but then it also kind of wants to have the the drive of an uncharted or a Tomb Raider. um, And for me, they were like, and then there's the Souls combat in the middle. So Mm -hmm. like some of those elements were a bit like they clashed quite a lot. And then towards the end of the game, and we can go into this because Josh, you mentioned that you thought parts of the ending were a bit of a slog or a dragged bit. Yeah. um, and it's like near the end you start getting all these goals where it's like, okay, go to this planet, because that's the one thing that we need is here. Oh, actually, no, it's back on this planet. Oh, actually no, it's over here. And like you're just getting the same thing like three or four times in a row, and like that in the moment when you're just getting told over the comms and your mid mission is like Oh god i and you go back over here and yes. like go through the exact same path of the exact same enemies um and I thought that was the one bit where it was maybe at its weakest.
2: Me too I should really quickly touch on what Ewan said there about mm. the Order 66 stuff because I love this story so much because I'm not really a fan of like you know the expanded universe or anything I'm sure it's all really great but I've it's not just I haven't seen any of it either. it's just not for me so I, I only They're go both by bad. You know? I know I'm a bad <laughs> star wars nerd but I only <laughs> go by the movies but Order 66 in Revenge of the Sith it's always been presented as this kind of obviously tragic thing, but it's very quick and it's very clean. Mm. And I like that this has sort of made me rethink that part of the universe and when it's dived into it more deeply and you know, it has sort of you know changed my outlook on the films to an extent, yeah. which is what great sort of you know interim stories like this should do. So I commend it for that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, yes, Scott, I did Hi. find the end or at least the second half of the game quite... Lacking in terms of potential stakes or scale, mm. it yeah yeah it opens on that great sort of train sequence that has it's so visually interesting and it's so unique, and then you get the part where you're climbing up the. Let me get this right. What is it? is it a s ATS I'm climbing up. Yes, yeah, yeah, climbing up a t eighty. It's really good big set pieces just doing this all over the place Sloths. i feel feel like there wasn't many of those towards the end of the game where they should have been coming Mm -hmm. thick and fast and it wasn't bad i just sort of found myself falling into the same you know repetitive sort of formulas over and over again like you said there was Mm. a lot of go to this um planet then come back to this planet then go to that planet again and you're kind of going through areas you've already been through and Mm. that is fine that's not bad by any means Mm -hmm. it's still good i was still enjoying myself but i felt it didn't quite have the drive that the beginning had. Well,
3: uh, yeah, I mentioned like the, the clashing elements kind of thing. I, for the long, like, there were, there were times in this where I really, really hated it. Like, it, and very small amounts of hate. Um, But it was the case where I was like, man, you had so much potential. I love Respawn as a studio. And when you think of like Titanfall 2, they just were like, okay, let's think of like eight brilliant set pieces and then we'll weave a story around it to make it make sense. And that works in terms of like designing something for a game. And then in this case, it was like, you had this really kind of rote, like, Tomb Raider esque dungeon crawling stuff, which like, was fine. You know, they were possibly knew at it, climb up this and move this all and whatever and I was like yeah it's, it's fine but like it's getting in the way of this great combat which clearly needs to be fleshed out and they get there towards the end or they did for me um, especially to the point where after you get the split lightsaber thing and you charge the underwater base that was when you finally had a full repertoire of abilities and enough enemies to make have fun with it where it was like you know force push this guy, choke this other guy, throw the lightsaber at the next guy or whatever and like that's the sort of stuff where I was like man this is brilliant and I mm. wish you had this earlier in the game And mm-hmm. um, whereas for me there were parts where I was like another tomb puzzle like really you're going to cut this off so much much to put me back here again. That's interesting because I actually quite like the way they break up the pace there.
4: I think um, as someone who is a bit of a lore fanatic and is mm-hmm. really into the Star Wars expanded stuff, I really liked the new mythology respawn brought to the table. The stuff with the Zephyr, I thought that was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. I loved going back, and there are places in this game that take and reference specific stuff from the Clone Wars animated series. Going through Dathomir was such a treat, mm-hmm. and not only just because I can be smoked, because I guessed it would be in the game right from the off, mm-hmm. but also from the the just Illum as well. That's like literally a reference to one of the episodes from the Clone Wars where the Jedi get the Crystals and the one of the puzzles you have in there, you literally exactly see that happen same, yeah. in the show, like ah, the way that they really do cool. that, and it's so the level of detail there, I really loved, and I like the way that the environment told the story as well. Mm-hmm. I think that is lost when you have to backtrack and you're facing the same enemies over and over again because it takes away from the 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 feeling of you're exploring something new. Yeah, um, when you have to go through an entire new wave of enemies in the exact same order in the exact same way. But mm-hmm. I think for the most part, I I thought the the puzzles were fun enough to do, um, and it helped make the it helped emphasize the combat. I thought. You know, any of the Star Wars game there's a danger that you could have an over choreographed flippity doo da flippy <laughs> thing going on. But Respawn really kind of like, I think you mentioned this in the last podcast, you did the, the sequel trilogy-esque balance between the prequel combat and the original trilogy combat where it's slow and considered but still artful in a way. Mm. And the way that they break up the the violence, I thought, was made those moments feel more impactful. That's a great me. way to put it. Yeah. yeah, I
2: think I would agree as well because one of my favorite moments in the game came right towards the end where I should have been barreling through the main story but I decided to go back to Zephyr to I did all that. go to the place where yeah. like it's like the down ship and stuff. The Venator, the mystery is yes, yep, yep, yep. so good. I can finally go underwater and I realized mm. when I was checking the map there was a, a place i hadn't explored and i thought i'll just check that out and i got to that cool like new dungeon essentially Mm -hmm. that's so big and told such a great story was so visually interesting i thought oh you know what this is good (laughs) this is really good i love this uncharted tomb raiding kind of stuff and the combat's great as well and i do think there's a way to sort of mesh both elements together Mm -hmm. and to me that area was emblematic of that that could be a a great game that fires in all cylinders Mm -hmm. and meshes them as perfectly as this all the way through for me you didn't quite get there but the promise of that mission, well, the promise of the set pieces toward the end—just, I want a sequel, man. I want Yeah, a sequel. I think I
3: think they'll fire on all cylinders. Just they'll like, yeah, they'll keep going the momentum that this ends with. And um, that the downed ship, what was the name of it? The movie? Venator. The Venator is like, yeah, one of the best bits in the game. And I fact, the fact that it is optional, like one of my other favorite moments in the game is the thing when you first go down to the ice caves underneath ZephO mm-hmm. and you get um, couched by the ha- one of the Huxian bounders. The Haxian, brood. Haxian brood. Huxian mm-hmm. um, brood, and he takes you to this like underground arena, and they make you fight in front with of the people. Mongolian throat singing metal band. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's yeah, and it's so good, and like because it is so like oh man does, has everyone seen this have I just stumbled into this mm. like that's one of the best cards they play and like that's the feeling that you get when you go to the Star Destroyer as well Um, and it's like that just that stuff is phenomenal I think the, the uh, key thing with that is choice because mm. you, you choose to explore wider and I think that main through line could have been so much tighter yeah. instead yeah. of like being so like stop start I mean
4: we can't I, I, I did praise exploration but I do mm. think that the uh, the collectibles aspect of the game really needed more some I mean need, needed more fleshing out mm. force echoes and boxes are fine as they are, but but it gets a bit—it's kind of uh, it gets repetitive going through and then hitting a button to open up a box and doing this. I would have liked more. I would have liked a greater range of collectibles. Mm-hmm. I think the Arkham series does that really well when you have Riddler trophies and, yeah. and riddles and interview tapes and whatever, the, and that really helped flesh it out. And I love the idea of environmental storytelling where you're going through and learning about all these things. The Venator with the the story of the Jedi and the Padawan who. are, caught on the ship as it's crashing down. I thought that was incredible. But there are certain moments where you're looking, and it's like, oh here we go. We've got to try and find here, get this little force power up and more health for B D and another mm. tin can spray for, for the robot. And it just it didn't always <laughs> like didn't always
3: shine through even though I thought the environmental storytelling was there for the mm-hmm. most part. We should talk about customization because I think that um, we can talk about lightsaber stuff yes. like specifically but I also think for me the uh the Carl's customization was a pretty big letdown. It was like, yeah definitely. I, yeah like I like his uh, his base sort of suit I like that it makes him look like he's more appropriate to be bounding around different areas and all over Dathomir and whatever but like to focus on ponchos and give you like 50 ponchos I'm not against the ponchos yeah. but like give me other stuff. The you ponchos
4: know? were a weird one for me because I was like so I remember when we played down in London I was like oh my yeah. god you've got this many ponchos. And I <laughs> I assumed that they would just have different things as well, totally. because what I did, I, I thought the the best way Cal looked was he had the base suit, and then I got the the Shyok bird thing from Kashyyyk It was an okay. optional one that you could get, and it was the most. The problem with the ponchos for me is that not many of them looked Star Warsy, mm-hmm. and like the one that I found was actually like it was really cool because it had the bird imprint on the back, and I was cool. like, that's a really great thing to earn after you've done the boss, but because it's optional, people are going to miss it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought the customization in that regard was a bit of a letdown, especially mm-hmm. considering that you know the mantis stuff. I thought I mentioned in my review that I thought they could done more with the mantis in terms of customization it's like okay we can reskin it but why can't we change maybe the weapons capabilities Put or do different things in it like i i like the terrarium don't get me wrong mm. but it's like i feel as though if they traded it more like the camp in red dead for instance mm. where you could have been upgrading Grease's cooking or doing whatever i thought that would have been potentially more compelling as a gameplay mm. feature i
2: agree i feel like there are so many elements with the customization and you know that kind of hub world where they could have improved but i keep going backwards and forwards on it because i wonder how much of that was just sort of a limitation of mm. time like we don't mm. know how long respawn were sort of like you know in full development on this game it's about three and a half years quite a while, years yeah. or something but we know that they probably had to get it out before rise of skywalker came out <laughs> yes. we know there were obviously like <laughs> deadlines in place we know that they aren't used to making third person games so i'm sure that was quite a challenge mm. getting that up and running so i i'm trying to give them some leeway in that the customization i quite liked it to be honest some of the ponchos mm. towards the later game i actually found really compelling and i kept going backwards mm. and forwards between a couple there's a lot of them that are crap there's a lot of <laughs> that like just now in uh, some of the most garish, ugly, horrible the things. I've the seen. hot pink is one. This is me. Yeah, and this is me talking. And the hot pink <laughs> one should have been my jam. You. <laughs> my they job. give you the
3: hot pink one for beating Ogdo Bogdo, the first like major like roadblock in that game, and then they give you this weird sort of bright pink, you know, dinner lady style
2: major, poncho, and it's major like roadblock. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and that would have been fun. Well, Did right? you just beat him first time? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It took me a couple of times. Yeah, I don't I know anyone beat no, you want to beat one humble
4: brag. <laughs> yeah. uh, on the topic of customization, because I did want to mention the lightsaber, and one thing that I mentioned to you guys before you completed it was that I was at odds with the customization of the lightsaber and a later story beat, and that's because, you know, you find out that the lightsaber that Cal's using is the one that his master gave him, and that's why it's a double-bladed saber, because your master had one, mm-hmm. it's severed at the hilt, and and I thought that was a great storytelling device. I think the idea of Cal, the trauma of Cal, you know feeling as though he wasn't good enough to save Gerard DePaul was kind of visualized by this lightsaber that he's forced to carry. That's his burden. That that's is cool. the legacy of his master that he's carrying in his hands. Mm-hmm. And then Respawn Go at the same time, they create this really cool lightsaber customization system that for those of us who are never going to get to go to Galaxy's Edge to actually have the ability to hone our lightsaber with hilts, emitters, switches, sleeves, metals. Some of so them are from Galaxy's yeah, Edge as That's though. amazing. That is mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. But at the same time, I thought,
0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
1: This podcast is brought to you by
0: Indeed. If you need to
1: hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates.
4: when that lightsaber gets broken in the vision on Dathomir, and then you go all the way to Illin, which is a great segment, and you get all those new lightsaber crystals. Um, I did feel as though it felt a little bit redundant as a moment, given that for most of the game, I'd been customizing my lightsaber, Mm. and it didn't feel as though it was... it frustrated me because on one hand it's a lose-lose situation because mm-hmm. if you don't if you hold back that great customization to that point in the story you basically wasted a really good feature mm-hmm. um, but at the same time I thought the narrative would have really helmed in on it. if it really really made an emphasis of this is your master's lightsaber this is your burden that you're carrying and that's why is so unconfident or whatever mm-hmm. that would have been really cool
3: it's weird because I, I didn't have that much of a thematic connection to the lightsaber itself it was mm-hmm. more that I, I never thought not emphasize it, was, it yeah exactly and like yeah I get the, the role in the story like I get the thematic I get the thematics to it but like the um, yeah it's when i like the fact that he had to make his own one even though i thought gameplay wise that it was like you know kind of pace killing mm-hmm. I, I like that tomb but i like that when you know he, when you come out of that you learn the double sided the mm-hmm. double um you know, the split one... saber split saber yeah and I like that as well and I think that that's the bit where the game kicked into high gear for me where mm. I was like yep I'm full on Jedi my own Th- saber purple saber and I'm just that's wiping only, everybody the out the my own saber point. I think mm. it, if that was the point where you
4: created your own saber and you distinguished your version of Cal as coming out of that ta- that tomb you know renewed as a character and moving past his past trauma mm-hmm. or taking that into account and going forward that would have been a much more powerful moment but for me when I had already like been messing around with everything <laughs> for like the entire game going around and getting to change it again it just uh, the moment wasn't hammered as more and I know this is kind of it's a crappy point because I know that they can't do anything else in that position but at the same time I thought it did kind of take away from the narrative element of that that gameplay feature Mm
2: -hmm. yeah for me that even though I enjoyed that moment I thought it was quite empowering to see Cal finally make his own saber I thought it could have been handled a bit more or driven home like you said Scott even though it's obvious that you know it's his master's lightsaber or whatever Mm -hmm. I feel like they could have done more with it before then Mm -hmm. maybe changed around a few of the scenes maybe show you the moment where you know he sacrifices himself for Cal earlier on and you've got this lightsaber it, but that's broken, mm-hmm. or maybe you know, push the double edge part of it off until later on in the story. Maybe when you actually make it, that could have been such a great moment, and it is a good moment. But for me, I would have liked them to double down on it more. I don't think it would have been too much of a problem had they had the lightsaber customization. But then thematically and narratively, you know, emphasize that you can only do so much with it. Yeah. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you, can only, you can't change the color, for instance. Like this is, you know, your master sailor, you kind of only do so much with it. And then you get free reign over it towards the end, which they kind of do with the crystals. But mm. again, it just sort of feels like one of those things, like you said, where they haven't got the balance quite right. And I really love what they're going for. And I really appreciate it in the moment. But it's just, it's a nagging feeling with this game that it's good. But it could be great. You know <laughs> that's what I mean? kind of where I
3: come down on it, and like I said, like yeah, I have a problem with the way some parts of it clash. But that's kind of the thing. It's like the the gameplay priority versus the narrative priority, or the storytelling priority, um, and things like the the force powers. Like I thought, like for the most part across the board, they're very basic, and that's fine. It, then it all becomes about the utilization of them, and you are using them to fundamentally get through levels, which is fine. Um, but stuff like the way he remembers them, like it's just kind of like like. I just I didn't have a massive problem with it, but I was like, okay, you've just remember that you could double jump. You've just remembered that you could pull or push. Yeah. Like that was just kind of weird for me, and it, it's, it puts down to, oh well, he cut himself off from the force. And I'm like, you could have nailed that. So the much
4: double better. the double jump one was like, I did like, laugh on. a little bit. Yeah. that. I was like, oh really? You forgot to double jump? And like the same with the force push and pull. I thought was, those are fairly basic, mm-hmm. you know. But I guess you know in the Metroidvania the element, there's not much else they can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I it's t- like I totally agree with you though. Yeah,
3: And it's like on the one hand, he's like forever kind of haunted by living up to his master's words, but he forgets the parts that his master told. Him and mm. it's just, it's a weird sort of thing, but like I said, it prioritizes gameplay. I'm um, speaking of that as well, like I guess in terms of some of the level layouts, the bit when you go up the is it the mine tree at the top of Kashyyyk?
4: Yeah, the, the tree. The yeah, big forgot, old tree. I forgot what the tree's called. The Crash Bandicoot level. The bit when
3: that's the thing, when that bit became like super gamey, that was another bit that stuck out to me when you were like bounding between these like super bouncy flowers and you're sliding and jumping and bouncing again. Yeah. and I was like, what have you what are you making here? Like that kind of lost me a bit. It's
2: interesting. I wanna I want to know what you think about this unit, because i talked to Ben Roy about this. And I know he didn't like that bit, but I quite enjoyed collecting tree. I thought it was visually interesting visually now, I, large, like, yeah. I like bouncing around I thought it was quite an arcadey sort of way to break up the combat for me that was that was fun it was silly fun yeah. but I thought it worked
4: I liked it apart from those grotesque slithering plant things <laughs> that edge slowly <laughs> towards it like I can deal with the spiders I can deal with the spiders but yep. those gross slithering plant things that are going that, I hated that. I hated there that is so much. There is a movie
2: called The Ruins that's all about like killer plants and vines that sort of do that same thing uh, where that. you're sleeping in these sort of crops. Oh, yeah, it reminded me of that and it freaked me out. I didn't like I it, it when I was trying to move around. I was like, throw my lightsaber. Like,
0: yeah.
4: Get back. Get, get back. <laughs> but I did. I did like yeah, the. I thought that as a. I thought the platforming there it was good because otherwise it would just evolve into a, the same mess of sliding, jumping, wall running. I thought that was a great way of breaking it up mm. and I enjoyed the bit where you're getting chased by the ninth sister and you're mm. like crashing around through the different places and like escaping and I thought the whole stuff with the shark bird again was really cool. I thought
2: that was a great moment. I love that. I think all the boss battles in this game are like amazing. They're mm-hmm. some of my favorite parts. I was having a bit of trouble because I was playing it on Jedi Master, which mm-hmm. was a bit more difficult mm-hmm. than I expected it to be, which made some of the enemy encounters... You know, a bit frustrating when I was getting overwhelmed. Yeah, oh, I should just get good, but some, was, some at, of it at is first, made to be cheap as hell. That's it, yeah. it Especially when people are, like hiding around corners and just yes. need ambush yeah. But I thought that difficulty really excelled in the boss fights. I never thought any of the bosses were cheap. I thought they mm. were all like really good, really challenging. They all made sense, especially the I've forgotten the dude's name is a Malakos, Talon Malakos. Yeah, Talon Malakos. He was an absolute. Word I cannot say on yeah, YouTube, yeah. but it took me a long time to beat him. But when I finally sort of figured out how by being sort of aggressive and mm. hitting them with these combos, mm. it felt so good. The so thing, satisfying. the thing is like, yeah, I
3: agree with you that most of the boss battles, like once you get the patterns down, it's solid. But I would disagree that they're complete. That they're all like they fall back on like, well, this character's is glowing red, therefore they're invulnerable, and they can kick into an invulnerable they're state. Not invulnerable. Combo.
4: They're not invulnerable. Go on. The but the glowing red thing, you can interrupt attacks if you attack them when they're, if you're fast enough, you can actually interrupt a glowing red. It's, oh, that, you can't yeah that throw. That, it, that thing yeah. is literally just like to
3: say that you can't do a precision dodge you have to mm. precision evade or interrupt the attack okay beforehand. well that was barely communicated <laughs> in the game <laughs> but even so um, some of the things that like one a couple of things that annoyed me is like some of the bigger boss battles you do one against um, uh, the big giant bat thing uh, and one against Garago? the Gar- yeah. Something? Yeah. Um, yeah both of them they both have charge attacks that are quote unquote invulnerable and mm. they can kick into them even when you're right up close so they'll just flash red and hit you straight away and I really thought that was cheap it was just like if you mm. telegraph this through any animation, I would have reacted. The thing it. is, I think I never felt as though any
4: defeat that I had, I never felt as though it was unfair. Weirdly, I think the mm. problem with that I've had is that I've kind of not really played too much Souls, Bloodborne, whatever. I've I've kind of when I've been playing games, I've been kind of sick of the fact that the uh, studio is really focused on empowering you as a player. and I think empowerment is fine, but you need that element of challenge. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing more one of the most gratifying experiences I had this year playing a video game was fighting Talon Malakos getting my ass kicked the first time, getting really annoyed that it puts to the bat where you have to fight mm. his two. <laughs> Thugs again, and then go all the way back and fight him. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got in the second time, I was like, "Oh wait, I've actually learned something."
3: Which yeah. is like, I think he secretly yeah. love souls. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is of this.
4: I just, I Bloodborne. I thought was too cheap. Mm. I, think the, I think the thing with Fallen Order is that I never felt as though it was cheap in places. I, weirdly,
3: I did for the enemy placements around the corner. I did oh, yeah, yeah. for the spiders, the crabs, and the rats that just burst out. of to be oh,
4: fair, they, the exploding spiders mm. were annoying when they just leave behind a residue. But when the guys come around the corners, I just learned to just keep my block up as I was yeah. walking around because I thought that every time I was presented with a threat, I felt as though I had the the choice to actually adapt to it and yeah into it. It, True. that's
2: why i like the um the the bat boss because mm. i was getting annoyed by his uh you know unblockable charge attacks at first but then it encouraged me to experiment with the force powers mm. and then i unlocked some like secret like tips and tricks the game doesn't tell you <laughs> by you know Check I, out the video I kept, kept freezing him in place in place and then hitting his head which took off a load of damage yes. and every time he was running towards me i would freeze him then mm-hmm. and try to get around him and mm-hmm. stuff so there was always ways at least in my eyes for me to get beyond those sort of, you know, flashing red charge Mm. attacks. Like, there was another boss. I can't remember who it was. But every single time they jumped up for one of those, if I used the force pull, it would put him in like a really vulnerable state and yes. I so could oh, yeah. uh, assault him like that, that mm-hmm. way and it took off a big chunk of health. Mm-hmm. And it was just finding those tactics by like feeling your way through combat which and is... trying new things, which I thought was really cool and rewarding. Like, yeah, yeah,
3: stuff. which is like a very secure thing. Like when you yeah. realise that you can defeat Madame Butterfly by knocking her out the sky in secure, like things like that. That stuff's great. I don't think that they do a great job, like I said, with restricting you from so many powers until nearer the end, they don't do a great job of saying like here's this sandbox of potential that you can play with.
4: They don't nearly give you enough force i hmm. feel yeah. a lot of the time i felt yeah. i felt um i like the idea of being a padawan and still learning my way around but i did feel as though it's like oh i've done two heavy attacks i'm all out of force I'm yeah like, that's i thought that was a little bit You're waiting for one thing to restore yeah, to yeah. Into one more thing yeah. once
2: i got the upgrade towards the end where BD's um, like stim pack yeah. up, mm. like get your force back that changed the game I was just <laughs> cursing that that wasn't in earlier uh, so mm. I could finally experiment with I wish
3: of one powers. of the uh, skill tree upgrades was for him just to sort of like cleanse his mind for a sec while you're blocking or something and get mm. a little chunk of it back or something like that because um, the force powers are what ma- what separate this from just being a Souls clone and mm-hmm. like for me that was like I said was the most fun at the end when you're juggling all of that stuff um, we might as well just end on like sort of like sequel thoughts unless there's anything else you want to bring up about the game in general um,
4: no I thought one thing I kind of mentioned again in my review is how great the uh the clone the, the the visual metaphor of bracca was i thought the, the clone was influence on this game was great i thought that was the the, the thing that i love about this is that it kind of shows lucas story group at their best when everyone's firing and everyone's all the cogs are turning in one place that <laughs> all adds to one place mm-hmm. in in the end and i thought the idea of you know when this game was first announced i was very frustrated because i thought another game set in between episodes three and four okay well we've already seen this in rebels we've already seen this in this book this novel this comic whatever and then the fact that they said it's so close towards the beginning. Of the Empire's reign, I think five years after Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. I thought they pulled a masterstroke there because they had all the influence of the Clone Wars going through. They got all the voice actors back to reprise those roles, which mm-hmm. was great. Um, I thought that was really interesting. I thought setting a game closer towards the beginning of the Empire was far more interesting than if they just set it towards the the end, mm-hmm. you know,
3: closer towards more of the uh, Rebels and Rogue One time mm-hmm. periods. So I thought they nailed that down, and I really, really liked that. Because that does seem to be something that they're doing going forward. Like the Kenobi, whatever happens mm-hmm. with the Kenobi movie is going to be set in there, and it's like that all seemed to be their big, like, perfect. Like venn diagram of star wars banter because they get to have all the sort of technology from episode from the early stuff yeah. and then go into the more sort of ragtag stuff of the later movies
2: yeah i would agree with you in that we've had even though i like i said before i haven't really delved into the expanded stuff i played a lot of games that have been mm. set between this period or whatever and like read a lot of stories about like this period it's always felt kind of like like you said a, a banter period where <laughs> for me i've never had something I've never consumed a story from that period that's really impacted my whole view on like the entire franchise right. I've never found them to be that substantial because I know there's always either going to be a reset button or it can only affect it to a certain degree mm-hmm. but I thought this story worked so well within those parameters and I, I genuinely do love the end with Cal sort of cutting the uh, the list of names and like that oh, was funny it's yeah. just saying you know what It's I'm going to leave this to the force these yeah. guys I don't want to put these guys in yeah. danger and let them forge their own and, destinies I mm-hmm. thought so that
4: was so cool. that was that moment was so good as well because they allude to it earlier on in Kashyyyk when you intervene and then you realise the, the Empire doubling down their mm. oppression. You know, the, I thought that that moment where you're on begano and you're having that vision of ma- of you as a master, and then all the Jedi getting killed. It's like that's a very good point, mm. practic- practically speaking. Even though the idea of restarting the Jedi Order is a great idea, it's also the fact that all these you're literally recruiting child soldiers to get massacred totally. by bloodthirsty, mm-hmm. uh, fascistic uh, Sith wielding <laughs> uh, power. Which again, it probably you know different things. You have different priorities there. So I thought that moment at the end. I thought that was the the. the Obviously, the cake and the eating at the moment, mm. but also you know, it thematically it made sense the the laws they'd already
3: established. Also ties into like yeah. more mature sort of general commentaries on Star Wars fiction, like yeah. in Last Jedi or like I like the um, I forget what you call the woman mm-hmm. that you team up with from Dathomir, one of the oh Nightsister Merrin. Yeah, Merrin's yeah. great, and like she's one of the first people who says to uh, Cal, it's like, well, who do you get? Why do you get to decide that these people are completely safe and everything? But you're going to pull them out of here and put them in mm-hmm. the firing line? Like that wasn't uh, an angle that I saw coming at all, and I quite like that they they went there. I thought she was great as well, yeah. um, like in terms of just like agency in the story.
2: I quite like it only happened now and again, but I loved those comments on like the fall of the Jedi and Mm. like how it was kind of their own fault for getting so, you know,
4: arrogant, arrogant Mm. and their hubris,
2: like Luke says in the last year, like that was ultimately their downfall. Mm -hmm. I liked I liked that commentary sort of running throughout this because I think that is a great sort of connective tissue between the uh, prequel trilogy like the original trilogy mm-hmm. and definitely the sequel trilogy. Now, I didn't expect to see it here and I am pleased that yeah. we did. As, yeah. as again,
4: the best things about the prequels the stuff that's made around the prequels that proves that, you know, George Lucas actually had a solid concept there but the oh, execution yeah. was always lacking. Mm-hmm. Stuff like the Clone Wars and this game and some of the literature that's come out as well recently from like Del Rey's books or whether it be Marvel's comics, they really emphasize just how interesting this story is mm. if you actually, you know, Really stop to think about the implications of it, and that's the frustrating thing about those films. But hopefully, with all this added material, you'll be able to go back to those films and maybe you know reappraise certain aspects of it, and maybe see how this you know kind of helps make that moment in in Revenge of the Sith feel a little bit more earned or whatever. So, obviously, not going to completely redeem those films. I mean, I, I like certain elements of them, but I think <laughs> the best thing about the prequels is the stuff that's come out around the, the prequels, conceptual yeah. stuff. Yeah,
3: for sure. Um, but in terms of a sequel, what do you want to see? Because for me, this this at the end of this, I was loving the last few hours. Like, oh, sorry, the last few levels. Um, like. I Said where you have full access to everything. like That's what I want going forward. That's why I love the Jedi, the Jedi Academy more than Jedi Outcast. Um, and I just want, like a, like I said, a sandbox of potential. Something like a, the PsyOps games or Second Sight or whatever. Give me a bunch of physics-based powers and let me throw dudes around and cut them in half and whatever. Um, so for me, I don't care necessarily where the story goes, but I want the combat to be more at the front of it. I want to have more fun with the combat more consistently and less puzzles for me.
4: Yeah, I feel though it's weird. We talked about them having the cake in the re the moment there mm-hmm. where they have to close up this thread, but because the fact that they haven't closed the thread presents more challenges because there isn't the inevitability element again you know not to spoil star wars rebels for you but the jedi in that get in that show you know kanan he dies ezra goes missing for ages Mm as does ahsoka for a while so none of the jedi in that show end up actually being around by the time rogue one or Uh a new hope actually starts so Mm -hmm. that's that loose end effectively closed off if you continue these guys' adventures eventually something has to unravel Mm -hmm. and i'm curious whether or not you know, they considered their, their, their story ended here, which I don't think they do because I think the ending clearly tees um, up for more adventures in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. I think you could probably do something not so much irreverent as much as it is free-spirited where you could have them battering around with Grease and Night System era and doing all sorts of different <laughs> things in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe the, the, the thing that might be a better choice to take would be to have a different era Star Wars game and apply the mm. lessons you've learned here and mm. do it there. I don't think that's what they're going to do. If but that's why, a- because for me thinking logically, I find it difficult. I, maybe that's maybe that's their end goal though. Maybe they want to kind of continue with these guys and
3: then just ha- crush all our hearts like a third maybe. game or whatever. i if, like to see
2: that to be fair. I was going to yeah. say, if they
3: did like an academy style thing, they could just jump forward, make Cal the teacher and give you someone else. And mm. then that would be a way to sort of carry forward whatever yeah. his influences. But again, the
4: risks of the whole three or four what do you think, Josh? Are you kind of like... Because I'm, I'm kind of torn now. But I've just hmm. basically worked this out in my head as we've been talking <laughs> right now. But uh, yeah.
2: I don't know. I do think that Cal's story and everyone else around him, that has to end in like tragedy. Not without hope. Not without them achieving mm. something. But mm. I think there is a tragic end to that story that I, w- I want to see fulfilled. I would potentially like... you know Maybe a nice little trilogy. Maybe we have the next game be more bantering around the galaxy trying to be better, mm. and then the eventual inevitable demise of everyone or you know, most people, but having achieved something. We go back to Rogue One, I mm. want there to be sort of, that is awesome because you know all those characters are essentially doomed, mm-hmm. but even though it's tragic, you do have that hope in them getting the Death Star plans. If we could mimic something like that, for a sequel mm. or the second sequel in this series, I think that would be a satisfying mm. end point, mm-hmm. and it would wrap up or sort of that that knot without feeling without it feeling inconsequential.
3: I quite like how um, y- yeah, I mean they could tie stuff in at this point. I don't know what dangling thread they've got left to pull from, unless you're like making Luke's T sixteen or something like we well, or whatever. But I think got the whole axiom brood and stuff
4: that they've got, I guess, mm-hmm. where you could pull. You know, they introduced that charismatic gangster on the, that planet, so there's stuff to do there. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, Lucasfilm Story Group had plans with because I think Solo takes place around a similar time period mm-hmm. to when fallen order does so you have all that in mind as well so there's clearly stuff there that lucasfilm want to explore yeah uh, and i wonder if they could do something where you end up taking on um Paul Bettany in, uh, in Solo. Or you, you actually <laughs> meet up cool. with Darth Maul before he you know dies at Obi-Wan's hands. There are, so many, there are, di- there are different ways you can go here, but like it's uh, 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 at a glance, as someone who personally does not have an amazing insight into what is going on at this period in time, it is difficult to shape the the feeling of inevitable tragedy. Yeah, mm. I mean,
2: these guys have literally just gone toe-to-toe with Darth Vader. He's not going to be forgetting that anytime soon, you know it's what I mean? am not going to say he's going to be the protagonist of the next game, but I doubt he's going to give up on the pursuit of these Yeah.
3: People. Uh, one other thing just to sort of tie it off in terms of like the, the business realities of making this like this game started before EA acquired Respawn mm-hmm. and whenever we when we look at the way that this game was marketed the way it was talked about the way that EA treated it and the spotlight they didn't put on it um, it's weird because I think if you look at everything else EA's done this generation especially with Star Wars they've promoted everything else so much more anything that they have recurrent spending methods with Battlefront obviously um, and you know the, the launch of that was a big old mess um, but I wonder if your EA does do they even want a sequel to this did they just like finish this off because it was the project that was in motion when they quiet respawn like there's that whole side of the it weird, as well. the weird thing about this the, the weirdest thing about this is that on one hand I definitely agree I think
4: EA haven't really focused on promoting this game at all mm. I think weirdly more of the promotion is coming out now after the game is out you've mm. seen loads Word of adverts of for it um, obviously in the build to Rise of Skywalker but you know maybe that's in their business model even though they don't necessarily care for single player experiences they were within their minds to not necessarily purely speculating mm. but I do think Fallen Order could have done with a, at least a good few months more of polish before it released oh yeah the bugs um, are. Um, So the fact that they, obviously, you can't have this game release after Rise of Skywalker or after Christmas, those will be weighing in their business Mm. minds as well. So it's interesting in that sense. I mean, I have no idea how it's performing financially at this current moment in time, but Mm. I would hope that they see the value to continue it. We know we've got another Star Wars game coming before 2022, which is probably going to be Battlefront 3, I'd wager, for the
3: next gen. So. Yeah, I hope they do more with this. I think like there's just there's too much stock been put into it. Like in terms of it has like an original, it has the game engine that they use, the combat model that they coded, the characters that they've built, and the actors that they've cast are way too promising to only do a one-off with. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it'd be nice in well, it'll be regarded positively forever if it only is a one-off. But I think that the way that this ends is very much like cool. We've, tra- we've trained you. You're the Jedi. Go forward. That's mm-hmm. it. I
2: think even though we have our problems with it, there is room for improvement. Mm-hmm. It has resonated so much with. Fans like everyone across like message boards and you know fan forums and stuff like that are praising the game and really like, I love embracing it. <laughs> it <right? laughs> yeah, uh, we love this kind of Star Wars, and EA is kind of lacking in sort of goodwill or that sort of fan drive they could do, yeah, could do with a win they could do with yeah. a win and I think this is a win and it would in my eyes be kind of foolish to not capitalize on that with a sequel because mm-hmm. it's when it comes to Star Wars and when it comes to games when it comes to video game fans it's, it's not been a good few years it's no. been, a, been an uphill battle and I do think they've got there with the likes of Battlefront 2 now but this is a win out the gate mm-hmm. and t- to drop that for me, would make no sense.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, let's read a think down in the comments below as to the future of Star Wars single player games. Uh, and come find us on social media as well if you're listening along on the audio platforms. For now, though, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. And I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by and Patterson. <laughs> Goodbye. And Josh Brown. Goodbye.
2: Catch you later. Bye. That's a weird ending. I know, like that's a, the wrong uh,
3: word. I was going to go ba ba ba. Catch I you later. Bye. Catch you later. Bye. <laughs> bye.